welcome on into episode seven. We made sure to get that right of the Weekenders podcast. The first podcast, by the way, in all uh, all video formats, uh, because we finally got, I finally got the stuff necessary to do video stuff. I'm doing it from home this week. Sean's, of course, at his home like usual. Uh, how you been, buddy? I've been all right. You know, just had a fantasy football draft last night, and I think it went all right. Yeah, the fantasy football draft that caused you to miss one of the best uh, baseball games of this year. But uh, Look, we'll get to that. In it a is a league that I had waited to get in for years, uh, way back when. And I, this is, I think, my fifth year in the league. So I'm very happy with what I got. And it's a very unique league. It's a pick three league. So uh, there's first basically a draft to draft the teams, and then you pick uh your three players and usually you should go ethically with the top players but the way that we have the formula for draft picks after that is that it's not a snake it's just a straight straight through order so let's say you pick Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey that's a pretty low number around or like 54 let's say in terms of player rankings that means you're going to get the last pick okay in the draft so people intentionally tank. So some will get like, let's say, uh, Garrett Gilbert, Zeke, and Amari Cooper to get like in the top five picks. Well, I came up third in the pick three portion. Uh, I was going to go with the Bills, to be honest, because I was going to try and get like the fourth or fifth picks. But I ended up with the Browns. So I got the third pick. I'm happy about that. But I was hoping to get the Bills because I thought the defense was just a little bit better and I thought the kicker would be okay. Okay. But uh but I got, you know, I kept my three keepers for the players are Chubb, Mayfield, and Landry because of the way the rankings broke out. And I ended up with the sixth pick, which is the highest I've done in this draft in terms of just picking in the regular draft order because I went with Landry instead of Beckham. All right. This means little to nothing to me. No offense to you, Sean, because I know there's a lot of stuff <laughs> they do it only because I have never played a one game of uh or, of fantasy football in my life, or at least whoa, no, no, actually that's not true. I played one game when I was maybe fourteen or fifteen, and it, and I'm by week six, I was completely forgetting about covering my team, making sure everything was in check. I made a dumb trade, and it, it, I haven't been meaning to go back to it since then. Yo, dude, you are missing out. I, like baseball, I, it's a grind, and I love it, but yeah, baseball is so much fun. Okay, so this was a fantasy baseball draft or a football draft? No, this is a football draft. Like okay. I'm telling, I'm just saying, like if you baseball seems league, like it's impossible to do. It depends on what your league settings are. Like I've played under a couple different sets of rules. Baseball can be a grind, but obviously I love it. It helps keep me up to date on a lot of the player stats and a lot of the new players. And then there's, of course, you know what we did last night. Football, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure that was fun. I I ended up staying in and watching the Field of Dreams game that happened last night out in Iowa between Chicago and New York. That was about the best possible game that Major League Baseball could have had at that in their inaugural game there to the point where it felt like it was scripted at the end. Yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> I saw the end real fast because when we were trying to watch it during the draft, like it just kept freezing up. So it was just like, ugh. I saw the Aaron Judge home run off of Air, uh, Lance Lynn. Uh, I remember that. And then after that, it went to the stream quality went to crap. So yeah, that. It, it, Aaron Judge, he had two home runs that night. The first home run I saw live, the second one I saw on replay, because that was when the Yankees were getting back into it in the ninth inning. I mm -hmm. thought to myself, there is no 
more powerful and opposite field hitter in baseball history than Aaron Judge. I, I would counter with Franmil Reyes. Yeah, but even Franmil at times, a lot of his home runs don't go. I can't. I guess you could say the same thing about Judge. His home runs usually go to left or to center. You don't see a lot of right field Franmil home runs when he gets a hold of them for sure. Are you kidding me? I've seen more opposite field home runs from Franmil than I can remember from any Indians hitter from that right side of the plate. We'll have to go to some complicated uh, uh, stat ch- tracking of all of Franmil's home runs for his for his career, especially in Cleveland. But every time I've seen an Aaron Judge opposite field home run, it doesn't look like. It doesn't even look like he made solid contact with the ball. It just feels like he missed it, and it still goes about four or five uh, sections into the stands. And here's the thing. If I remember right, most of the home runs were opposite field blasts. Yeah, in that game for sure. I mean, yeah, of course, the winning home run from Tim Anderson uh, off of Zach Britton, which gave the White Sox a 9-8 win when they were down 8-7. to I think it was one out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, one out. Yeah. That was That's as beautiful uh, uh, of an ending that you could possibly have for a game that had a lot of hype to it. And it lived up to the hype. I mean, there was a lot of promotions, commercials. They had the actors in the movie there. They had all everything all set up. They did a really good job. The stadium looked nice. I think a lot of people were engaged. And this is something I think that needs to become a yearly occurrence for the sport. I mean, they already said well, what earlier last night or sometime early this morning that, yeah, it's going to be coming back. I'm, yeah. So that's good. I don't. I don't brought, think there's you, any way to improve it. You brought up. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to live up to the first one being such a good game for the event. Uh, you brought up a question though on Twitter. I recall was it last night or this morning about the this game. This morning. This morning. Tell yeah. us about it. So I, I guess it was just like you know, uh, who do you want next? Because I don't want a Boston Yankees game. I don't want that. We see we see enough of that on Monday Night Baseball. I was wondering, what about the Guardians and the Blue Jays? Because this game is played in August. I assume they'll want to play this game in August. And the Blue Jays would be playing a home game in Iowa, which I know would be weird. But I think it would be an interesting matchup. Two teams on the younger side, Cleveland pitching, Toronto a lot more hitting. And I think it could be a very good matchup. Do you think that like they should do a thing where because I, th- I saw somebody say this the mi- it should be a Midwest team at least yeah once I think per so. every year yeah at least once a year you know Midwest team one hundred percent I mean if you're not throwing in a Midwestern team then I mean if you're throwing in like the Dodgers and the Giants that feels I don't I don't awkward. think I don't think baseball would do that especially because you you also need traditional teams you're, you're yeah. teams that have been you're going to need teams that have, yeah so you're going to need boston new york uh cleveland chicago detroit uh minnesota and kansas city were established in the yeah that's that's century, 60s so. stuff yeah uh reds uh maybe the pirates uh there's one other fra- uh cardinals I think they would probably limit this to the American League, probably just because all the most a lot of the Midwest teams are out. Well, that's not true because you can get the NL uh, Central teams as well. Yeah, Chicago, uh, St. Louis, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, I wouldn't really count the Brewers in that. I feel like they're still two newer sure. air quotes right there. And then uh, I just said the other team didn't. I shoot. It's okay. But yeah, you know, basically the NL Central's. A good place to kind of look at for next year because I wonder if they go with hmm I wonder if they could go with something like the Phillies and the Reds hmm. next year kind of make it like an AL 
NL, then maybe an interleague game, and then AL, NL, interleague, something like that. Yeah. It has to be a central, a Midwest team that is doing very well in the standings, which Chicago thankfully was this year, Mm -hmm. against a team that is, is marketable, but also competing. So like for next year, if the Indians got the game when they're the Guardians, are you, by the way, are you saying Guardians already? Uh, I, I only said that because it'd be 2022. Right, that makes sense. I got some. I know some people. That's the only reason are, why. So, like, I'll I'll probably start swapping over to Guardians when uh once the season's the season over. Is, yeah, once the yeah. season is over, or like maybe once like the playoffs are over. Like, I, I don't know if that's when the uh name change officially happens. Is when the playoffs are over, or probably will. yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be when the actual regular season ends or the playoffs. We'll see. Yeah. But this game, I'm trying to think of what teams potentially could be in the mix by next year. If they do decide to go nationally, they could alternate every year. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't like know. They could do AL, NL, and interleague, like uh, three every three-year kind of format. Yeah, of course. Uh, we have to also find out this year if there's going to be – there's going to be a season. Time will tell if it's going to be the 162 like we want it to be. With Yeah, talks. the whole lockout thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just had a season where we had to cut the year by more than 50%, and now we want to try and keep from cutting just about the same, maybe. I want to see the salary floor of $100 million minimum that keeps creeping up. I want that. I don't know. I, it's going to be – I'm sure the talks are going to be meticulous. They're going to be – uh, uh, very drawn out, and who knows what's going to happen by next year. I'm but pretty sure they've already been talking behind closed they doors. Have, there's, been but, no, there's been no leaks as far as I can tell. But all. especially with what happened last year, how the talks got drawn out for so long that we were wondering if we are going to have a season at one point, it, it could be more of the same. Yeah, my main thing is that it was a pandemic. It still is, but the pandemic threw a wrench into everything and well, let's just say that people are more concerned about their wallets rather than the product on the field. Yeah, for more, for better or worse. Um, but yeah, there's there's baseball going on. Football is just starting. The Browns are just about to get starting this Saturday. Other than that, we're kind of in the lull period right now, the dog days of August, where it's it seems like we're just kind of waiting for things to start going. Not even a lot of the other sports are happening right now because the Olympics just ended. And we have uh, months away till basketball season, till hockey season, and everything. It's only two months or so before basketball starts up. I know, right? which is which is something. I mean, the NBA has had a real. Uh, They've had to really adjust their schedule. Re- yeah. No kidding. From the start, from the spring of 2020 to the next time we could see the normal start to a season, maybe it would be 2022, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean. That's the one that got hit the worst. Uh, football obviously got to me got hit the worst. What about worst. hockey I mean, I, though? I don't know how there's hockey is going to depend on what Canada and the U.S. decide to do next year, whether or not like the the teams will go back to their usual uh, uh, right standings. And uh, I don't know. That's another one that got hit too. But hockey, it seemed like they were able. It, once the last season uh, ended, it seems like they were able to kind of adjust more than the NBA was because a lot of places were. I, it, from what I remember, a lot of the hockey places were letting teams back in before NBA teams, although I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they played, they all played up in Canada for the first right. little while. And then, and then once think, the playoffs started, they got to interchange. Yeah, so I don't even know. How did the Blue Jays get to go back later? But if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Stanley Cup played between what, Toronto and Tampa Bay? Tampa, yeah. Were allowed to go back and forth. 
Yes. And a few, I think maybe one of the two other like semifinals or whatever. Yeah. Had the same thing. Like, how did that work out? I think it was because uh, wasn't it for the playoffs? Like, yeah, the first little while, but I think there was a couple of like like semifinal matchups or finals matchups sure. where the two kind of sides of the bracket had uh, teams from America and Canada playing each other with the main one being Toronto. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. 2021 playoffs. Uh, playoffs began. 16-team format. Top four teams in each division. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess. Did, oh, yeah. So, yeah, because I don't wait. follow hockey much, but I think I remember. Okay, so so it looks like they had two series in the first round where all the Canadian teams played each other, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the the series were American because there was Toronto and Montreal in the first round, and then Edmonton and Winnipeg in in, in there as well, and then the rest of them were Carolina, Nashville, Florida, Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh, New York, Washington, Boston, Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of funny. I, I don't, I mean, they did that where a lot of the teams kind of were close to each other. Uh, and then once they got to round two, Montreal versus Winnipeg, still Canada, mm-hmm. Colorado, Vegas, New York, Boston, Tampa Bay, Carolina. And once you got to the semifinals, that's where um, Montreal was playing Vegas and Tampa Bay was playing the Islanders. Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking about was uh, Vegas and Montreal. Like, I, I don't know how those two crossed over. Cause I, that, I think they, you know, went back and forth between the border. I mean, it's one, it's one place you're going to in the country of the U S compared to mm-hmm. the potentially 20 some odd uh, cities that the blue Jays would have had to Granted, go through. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and it was safe for them to just stick playing in Tampa and uh, or Buffalo. Did they play in Tampa? uh basketball uh, did basketball yeah toronto played in uh tampa bay for uh their season because that's where spring training was hold on we're talking about baseball here yeah we're talking about baseball okay yeah they they opened the year in dunedin okay florida yeah and then they go to they moved to buffalo for like they went back up and then they yeah it was like two months at a time basically yeah, and they've been keeping uh, the stadium uh, open the whole time just to have it be more of a, a friendly environment for people to to be back in. And it looks, it still looks half full, you know, just because that area compared to some other parts of the U.S. are still pretty restrictive. Yeah. Um, it, time will tell. Time will tell. I'm sure that uh, people will start coming back eventually. Um, uh, well, more people got to get the shot. That's just the honest truth. We'll see. We shall see. You got another topic from this week? What do we got? Uh, what do we have here? Uh, do we want to even talk about the Minshew actually having a chance for the starting role, even though it's not really a chance? Sure. Let's hear about it. So Urban Meyer, uh, you know, I think at some point during the offseason, he and Garner Minshew talked and, you know, he basically told Minshew, you will have a chance to earn your spot as a starter. And he has not named Lawrence a starter. They have rotated first team reps between the two quarterbacks. And honestly, why not start Minshew for a few games this year? I know Lawrence was the number one pick. I know he is hailed as like one of the next, like Andrew Lux, Aiden Mannings of the world. But it makes more sense to let him sit for a few games. Let him kind of see the speed of the game. Not just talking about preseason, but in regular season action. Because I know that Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff are the, what, two of the most recent nine number one picks who were quarterbacks taken who did not start 
in the starting lineup week one of their, you know, respective careers. And honestly, you know, Minshew getting to start a little bit and maybe, you know, if he's not doing well, pull the plug, bring in Lawrence, but don't do it after one game or two games. Give him at least four games. You have a 17 game slate and you don't want to be getting uh, Lawrence hurt, especially if it's behind a terrible O-line. It gives you some time to make sure you have enough protection or if you need to go out and sign some guys or make a few moves, you can to make sure Lawrence isn't getting absolutely decked once he gets the chance to start. Okay, so you're saying that they could potentially sit him for the first few games of the regular season. Uh, Yeah, I'm saying that because Urban Meyer has kept true to his word as far as we know, and he's given Gardner Minshew every chance. And, you know, him and Lawrence have split the first team reps. It's been an every other day kind of thing. I'm sure he has. I mean, I I still think he's going to take Lawrence's week one. I think he could play Gardner a lot in the preseason just to make sure that Lawrence isn't isn't needlessly getting hurt potentially. Right. Yeah, and I'm just saying, though, like, What's the harm in just having a few games on the bench for Lawrence and basically letting him acclimate and see how the NFL game plays at real speed on the bench? And then instead of going, you know, baptism by fire, go into a game with, you know, having a few games with fresh eyes on the field. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I I think like, I'm not saying to sit him as long as LA did with golf. No, but no, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, go with, you know, a little more conservative approach. If Minshew's still playing well, give him, you know, two, three, four games, see if he can do anything. And that might also help him become a trade chip. And if you're smart about it, if he performs well enough and you then plug in Lawrence, you could maybe trade Minshew to somebody. Who knows? Maybe. maybe. I think it's a smarter move for the Jags front office, especially since they are still rebuilding. Sure. Who do you think is going to start for uh, Indianapolis week one? Because <sighs> it's not going to be Carson Wentz. It seems like there might be reports out there that he might be starting, but I'm going to guess if it's not Wentz, it's going to be Jacob Eason. Eason you think it's going to be Eason? You're not jumping on a uh, sixth-round pick Sam Ellinger out of Texas? I am not jumping on Ellinger right now. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I, Eason has talent and, you know, talent – you know, it can get you far, but you have to be able to also put everything together. But I want to see, I do want to see Easton and see what he has before you just go right to Ellinger. Because mm-hmm. he, Ellinger didn't really impress me that much in college. Like he was okay, but he seemed more like Colt McCoy than he did like, uh, I don't know, Sam Bradford. Yeah. And even Sam Bradford didn't equate to a perennial pro bowler in the NFL. He, yes. had, he, had, a, he had a short little run. Yeah. But that's why I'm saying I'd rather see, uh, Easton over uh, Ellinger. No, no disrespect to Ellinger. Just my preference. Just it's it's a tough break for a guy who whose stock couldn't have possibly dropped any lower uh, after last season mm-hmm. for um, for Wentz. I mean, and then you get this potential injury, and you're potentially out longer, and it just seems like he can't catch a break anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I don't know what it is with guys. I mean, with Wentz, it seemed like the fact that this was dating back to high school, if the if everything was read correctly, I mean, what the heck? Yeah. Like, oh, it it just bugs me. Like you're you're in like I couldn't imagine the pain he was probably playing through on a daily basis and practicing through all of his life since high school. Yeah, I mean, there's so many games uh, tonight. Is it tonight for the preseason? Tonight there are some games. 
I believe, for the preseason. You got Tennessee and Atlanta kicking off tonight at 7. At the same time, you got Detroit and Buffalo. And then Cowboys and Cardinals at 10. I don't think I'm planning on watching any of those personally. Um, I'm obviously going to be watching Browns tomorrow once they play Jacksonville. You're not going to watch your Cowboys? No, I just it's (laughs) – especially if there's no – I mean, there's no Dak – might not be any Dak to start the year of this injury. Yeah, that, that, that's another thing. What the heck? I was I took a Twitter hiatus for like three days. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I saw the tweet, but I'm like, wait. so you're telling us not to be worried, yet he's getting an MRI. Yeah. Okay. Like, what kind of mixed message is this? Clever yeah. kind of idea by the social media team, but not well put in practice. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, uh, it's tough. It's tough to be an NFL quarterback. It's tough to stay healthy. It's tough to stay in a game like with this where 250, 300-pound men are running at each other full speed at all times, running into each other, barreling into each other, and then just causing these massive, massive high-impact injuries that the average human could never uh, fully recover from. Right. 100%. I'm just dumbfounded by that. And then the whole... We're not going to get into Sean Watson. That's the situation there. It's it's kind of it's it's a it's a more extreme version of what's happening with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Green Bay is also on the level of uh, James Harden in a way too. Green, well, well, that's that's not not with not with like I'm. I mean, I know scandal and different things, but I'm saying like the apathy that Harden showed before getting swapped down. Yeah, and he basically held that hostage uh, franchise hostage until he did what they they did what he wanted him to do, which was trade him Watson it seems like he's kind of just coexisting with the team so far I mean there, there's there they could potentially trade him especially if these uh if what's happening with him off the field comes to further light but with Rodgers right now it's the, the franchise is officially bending over backward to make him happy whereas Houston isn't quite doing that because Watson hasn't played as long enough or has had as many accolades as Watson objectively but it's just that situation where you're kind of wondering What's our future with this guy? If they didn't like Nick Casario, he would have he should have been the GM probably a year or two ago. But the fact they went about it wrong by hiring him this time, I know he wasn't hired before by the Texans. I'm saying by not following the recommendations and giving Watson some input. I mean, your franchise quarterbacks, your franchise quarterback. You do not want to piss them off. No, I mean, I mean, how simple of a concept is it? But there's only, but again, there's only so happy you can make a person. And if they don't return or bring something in return, then it's a, it's a one-sided relationship. Yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, sometimes though, just trying to figure out what else to talk about. Cause it, again, I was off Twitter for three days mm-hmm. for the most part. What'd you, what'd, I, you, what'd you do on those three days? Uh, just, uh, I was looking up some baseball stuff. I was relaxing. I was taking some longer walks. Uh, uh, tried to play some ball this week, but so much rain. Oh. And then uh, what else did I do? I, I had a couple of appointments and whatnot. We had a thunderstorm. Uh, but, we had a thunderstorm morning down. Oh here. yeah, that. But I, I just need to get off for a few days uh, just to try and detox a little bit because I hadn't done that in a while, and yeah. I thought it would be like a the kind of smart thing just middle of the week let's just go off for three days and uh just kind of like relax for a little bit like 
I might have made like one tweet just because it was about like the edit button from a you wouldn't really know him too much, but from a, a new BSR sports staffer mm-hmm. uh, who was one of my coordinators last uh, semester, Gabe Calera, okay. about uh, the need for an edit button. And I have been very vocal about that. So that might have been my only break in the, in the hiatus was that. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I mean, I was literally just, you know, sometimes getting off social media, not because necessarily it's toxic, which it can be at times, but also just to step away from the drain and not have to constantly check it feels better, at least, you know, a little bit more refreshed. I mean, I know our buddy Brandon Lewis has done that in the past too, where he goes even longer periods of just trying to stay off of social media and whatnot, and just trying to, you know, take a little bit of a step back. Which I think is honestly a smart move, and I feel like more people should try it at least when they have the chance. I mean, I mean, it, it's it's nice sometimes to get away from some of that stuff, and I think there are days where, especially, I don't like, like I don't feel like getting on, but I have to, whether it be for work or whether it be for to make sure I know what's happening. But there are, but then, it, but every time I go on, I find myself thinking like, oh, why did I, why did I just not log on there because. I didn't need to see that or I didn't want to see that. It just, you know. Yeah. And then in baseball, to swap some topics here, there's a piece written by Buster Olney about being able to afford Shohei Otani. Okay, explain. So the Angels are going to have a potential payroll crisis. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is, you know, Mike Trout going to be an angel for life. Anthony Rendon's contract right now, you know, not looking as good in year two due to the injuries, but it sounds like, you know, he's got a no, he's got a full no trade clause. He's happy being back home with friends and family in LA. He's not moving. So, and Arte Marino is a guy who is very, very reluctant to ever cross the luxury tax uh, line. And he's, I think the club's highest payroll is this year. At around 180 something million. I'm just mm-hmm. double checking. Yeah, according to Cots, uh, this year's payroll of 182 million is the Angels' highest ever. So they've never been a taxpayer, uh, as far as I know. And okay. Otani is, you know, the most unique player and the most valuable right now in all of baseball. He can pitch, yeah. he can hit, he can steal bases, he can even play the outfield if you need him to. Hmm. I mean, he is the complete package. And one executive in this article by only was saying five years, 250 million. That's a starting point. How high value, how much of a high value mark can you start with, with Shohei Otani and where does it end up being? Because I think what next year is arbitration and then a year of arbitration after that or something, his contract structure is a little bit wonky, I think. And then he hits free agency after 2023, I believe. Yeah. So do you try to lock them up now and commit almost more than 50% of your payroll, which for payroll calculation purposes, especially in terms of luxury tax, that money is calculated from the average annual values of a contract. Do you commit over half your payroll, which is probably going to be north of 130 million to three guys and the strategy that was suggested as to why they might be willing to go that far was all of the 20 pitchers that the Angels selected in the draft last month 
being cheap, hoping that a number of those pan out. And if you make another sweet trade or two, maybe you fill out the rest of your rotation that way. Do you think we could see something like uh, the Angels maybe ship uh, shopping Rendon, whether it's next year or the year after? No, because what I said room? earlier is that Rendon's happy and he's got a full no trade clause. Right, but the, but a team like the Dodgers could take a, a contract off of him like that, and he'd still be in the same area. Well, I don't think the Dodgers are going to do it. I think they might try to extend Trey Turner, who is the most underrated all-star in a long, long time since Anthony Rendon. It took Trey Turner enough time to finally make an all-star team. He should have made one a few years ago. Uh, they've got Mookie on the books long-term. Uh, they'll have a couple other guys coming up, like if Bellinger gets back on track, he'll likely be in line for a long-term deal. Uh, who knows? Maybe Chris Taylor's breakout is sustained. They've got Muncie on the cheap. Uh, you know, let's see, uh, Walker Bueller. They might be able to take Bauer's contract off the books, depending on what happens with his. I don't know. Yeah, stuff. that's the that's the weird thing is like what's in the contract language. Right. Just like because yeah. depending on what happens and how fast it happens, I assume he can opt into his contract, and then he would still technically earn that money. His leave has been, been extended to August August twentieth. Yes. Yeah, I saw and that. Speaking of Dodgers related to the Angels, could you imagine where the Angels would be if they still had Albert Pujols' contract still on the books? I mean, it still kind of is. That's true. That's true. I should, he's, but he's I, just before, earning the minimum, and you know, the with the Dodgers, <laughs> and the Angels are basically on the hook for the rest of it. So, yeah, that's just that's one of those stories where it seemed like a, a, a no no doubt deal. And yet it just didn't quite work like it should have. Yeah, I mean, what? If he was 28, it would be a different deal. But he was, what, 30 at the time of signing? It's about it. I mean, he had been in the league for almost a decade, if not that. Yeah, so it's not going to work out quite as well. I mean, the Prince hmm. Fielder deal was a shocking one with how rapidly he declined even. Yeah. Like, he got so bad that he had to retire due to, what, neck issue? We're talking about Pulos? Fielder. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Texas. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of sluggers, Chris Davis just gave up yeah. the rest of his career. Boy, what the mighty. He's still getting paid. He's still going to get paid. I know. I know. They 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 ain't the deal. Yeah. I mean, uh, what's the old saying? I'm not I'm not gonna say it and screw it up. So uh what the devil's in the details, something like that. What was it again? Uh, is it isn't the saying like the devil's in the details or something like that? I'm trying the devil's to in the details, devil's and yeah, something yeah. like that. I, I'm, so, I'm I'm sorry, I'm on Twitter right now. And have you gotten this new update right to the, uh, lately where um, they changed like the format of like the the design of the app? I saw that and I'm like, I don't know why I they won't give the edit button. Like I feel like no, it's not an edit. Yeah, but it's like they change the font, they change the layout, just. Very so slightly, so that you may not notice, yeah. but once you do, you can't unsee that. Right, exactly. And I, I noticed I, it right away with the whole. I didn't notice with like the text. Yeah, I noticed with the with the buttons at the bottom of my phone screen. What I am happy with is that they did away with the fleets. Oh Thank yeah, goodness. the fleets are gone. I, mean, I never bye used bye. them. You didn't bye like bye. them. I have. I had no opinion on them. You didn't like them. I thought they were unnecessary. It was like trying to turn Twitter into Instagram. I mean, Instagram tried to turn itself into Snapchat, and it's probably honestly, it's probably overtaken Snapchat at this point. I have not used Snapchat 
on purpose. I've never had a Snapchat. Never had an Instagram. Nope. Wow. Okay. I mean, Instagram, I'm more surprised by than Snapchat at this point. Snapchat it's, was the thing in high school. It's just, yeah, for me, Instagram is just like Twitter with pictures. Yeah. That's all it's it is simple. to me. And I'm not, I'm not always going to post pictures that's fine. Online. That's I'm not like someone who takes pictures a ton of the time. Like I do take, you know, photos at the ballpark when I've covered games for Mark One Sports or WKSU. You know, you should do. You should uh you should start your own. You don't have to like make a personal one. You should make your own uh page where you take photos of the ballpark and you should try to steal some of Mandy Bell's thunder. <laughs> yeah, I, I could I could try. I don't although she I don't know what she is using exactly because hers look. Probably like Lightroom or something. I mean, if you I use, use Lightroom. That's what I use. That's an, yeah, lot. it's an app for your phone and yeah, for my tablet it, on here. Not even, not even just for your phone. You can use it on your laptop. But yep. yeah, but uh, I don't know what she's using because it doesn't look like it's Lightroom with the way it's shot. Mm, I mean, there's it, there's it so many it does there's so many photo all. editing apps now. There's so it's, many photo editing yeah, apps because now. Lightroom for me, like I'm I'm trying to remember how to not get as much rain in my shots because mm-hmm. I've been doing a poor job of that lately. So I've yeah. also been fixing, I didn't even realize I could do it. I could import photos from my main camera app and throw them into Lightroom and then make some adjustments there. Right. And a couple of those have turned out kind of nice. So yeah. might I'm do so- like a, you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to uh, wait for you to finish your sentence. Uh, no, I, I just thought you choked there for a second. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, what I was going to say is that, yeah, I don't know what she uses. It's not Lightroom for sure because of the way that everything looks colored and how the, the, everything is structured out. It does not look like that at all. Okay. Hmm. I'm still using the Afterlight app, which I got back in like 2013, and I still use it to uh, increase color. But even Afterlight, then, really, I, I didn't even, even, then, even then, the photo app on your phone can do a lot of that stuff now too. Yeah, it's, up, so. it's still difficult for the phone. Like, it's easier to do it on Lightroom because there's so much more control. I guess, yeah. You can, like, isolate different parts of the picture and change their settings. Like, if you're sitting on a log in a forest, you could uh, isolate the log and change, like, a different color, change its brightness and darkness and everything, whereas the rest of the photo is untouched. Right, yeah. Do you yeah, want to dive into maybe... Uh, the coaches poll rankings for college football top 25 oh you mean ohio state's uh ranked fourth now out of uh the 25 Honestly, it's, a, it's a it's a fair ranking i mean but, they ahead of Oklahoma, but if had a, i guess ahead of oklahoma they still oklahoma's got a returning qb uh-huh. who is among the heisman favorites yep and viewers is not going to probably start this year is oh. my guess no nope. it's, it's either cj stroud or uh someone else kyle mccord Maybe they have three QBs competing. I forget who the third one is. It's Kyle McCord, CJ Stroud, and insert third name that is not Quinn Ewers. And yeah, I'm trying to look where's the rankings at. All right, let's go there. Like, because this is interesting Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, your top four, not surprising. Georgia, Texas AM, five and six. Notre Dame, always overrated at number seven. Iowa State, getting some respect finally. Made a run last year. Number eight. North Carolina at number nine and Cincinnati. They must have had a strong recruiting class if they're that high. Yeah, but also I I probably bet there's a number of returning players too. Yeah, that's what I mean. A strong recruiting class over the last uh, one year or two. Yeah, and then Florida and Oregon 11 and 12. LSU 13, USC 14. Why do I always feel... 
I don't always feel like it. I feel like this might be the year USC finally comes back. I, USC comes back and the Pac-12 comes back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that would be good competition for Oregon. Wisconsin is 15. Miami uh, is 16. The U. That's Indiana. The U. Yeah, Indiana, the U. I feel like, should be ranked higher. Indiana's only at number yeah, seven. Yeah, Indiana, Indiana could get scary, especially I would after tell you, I'd, I would swap LSU and Indiana right now. That's what I would do. I'd swap 13 and 17. Yeah, it depends on the context of the conference, too, because everybody still assumes that it's the Ohio State Conference compared to the SEC, where LSU is still 13, but they could still be uh, playing with the, your Alabamas mm-hmm. and your Auburns and all that. Right. Iowa 18, Texas 19. Okay. Uh, Penn State at number 20, Washington 21, OK State 22. Who's number 23? Do you know if you're not looking at the rankings? I'm not looking at them right now. Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Okay. All right. Didn't they make, didn't they have a bit of a run last year? They did. It was, but it was more so Coastal Carolina, who's ranked right after them. uh, Oh, okay. So still ranked 24. The, uh, and then the final team, of course, in SEC school, Ole Miss. (laughs) What's the, the I I, I always get the name wrong of, uh, Coastal Carolina. What are they called? The Chappaquiddicks or something? Uh, Chanticleers, I think. Chanticleers. Yeah. That's what I think. Chappaquiddick is where, uh, um, Ted Bund or Ted Bundy, Ted Kennedy, uh, and the woman that ended up dying in the accident, they like drove off a bridge yeah. coming home from a party. That that's that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, who's twenty five? Uh, Ole Miss. Okay, and then the rest of them are. Yeah, the others receiving votes are in order: Utah, one forty five, so they just missed by four. Northwestern, Arizona State, Auburn, Liberty, BYU. TCU, Michigan, getting 30 votes, mm. UCF, North Carolina State, Boise State, Kentucky, San Jose State, Army, Virginia Tech, Missouri, UCLA, Pittsburgh, Tulsa, Boston College, Ball State, Houston, SMU, Appalachian State, West Virginia, Arkansas, UAB, uh, Nevada, Air Force, uh, Mississippi State, Marshall, Florida State, Cal, and Stanford. I am surprised that Kent State didn't get one. I was about to say it got snubbed, but they did. But they did sign uh, Sean Lewis to a five-year extension. Yes, there we go, people. Congratulations to Coach Lewis. I was surprised because I didn't think he'd sign an extension. One and two, I guess it doesn't. Well, I'm leaving, but this this could be like a a boost, like a jumping-off point to him maybe landing another job in a few years because he rebuilds. Kent State's he, program even he did it already. He's done it. Yeah, he has. But if they turn him into the cream of the the MAC conference, then yeah. other teams would be taking a look at him. Like, I'm I'm not sure. Like, will I have time to go down to Kent State to make sure I catch a game this year? Because I don't. I'm not. I wonder if I could do it on a Saturday game. Because I don't know if I'd be able to do middle of the week, depending on what's going on. Yeah. Like Kent State is. Going to be good. I'll tell you that right now. They still have, you know, their quarterback. They still have a couple wideouts. I mean, man, you, they've got enough returning pieces where they can really compete. Yeah, is uh, is their seventh year quarterbacks? Is Dustin Crum still the quarterback of that team? Yeah, although I think is he really? Yeah, he's not really. He oh, is. Geez. He's not a seventh year. That was supposed to be a joke because he's, like, he's been in school for like it feels like for seven years. I, 
the one who I thought was in school for seven years was Woody Barrett. I I, I gotta make sure I gotta confirm this because I remember Dustin Crum when he when I was in my first year at Kent State, which would have been the year before me, right? Yes. Yeah. Dustin Crum, Kent State is yeah, an American. You did you did graduate early, I remember, right? I did, but yeah, I went into school as a sophomore, but that was my first year, which was six years ago, almost to this point, five six years ago. Yeah, because you got out two years before me, and I just got out, so. Oh. Oh no, his last that, no, it was last year. It looks like last year was his senior year. It looks like yeah, and then he decided to take the extra year of eligibility and come back. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay, so so he technically will be a like a fifth or a sixth year yeah. guy. Yeah, okay. he will be. Yeah, that's 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 insane. I mean, there. I mean, he could have. Who knows? Maybe improves his stock enough to get drafted. Who knows? I would hope so. I li- I like the guy, and I I mean. I encountered him a few times working for certain things over the uh, school. So I wish him the best. I mean, we've had a few, we've had a few guys, not from when we were in school, but uh, some guys who have been able to make the jump. Josh Cribbs, Julian Edelman, James James Harrison, Harrison. Uh, Roosevelt Knicks. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, guys I mean, who not in guys, the same class, but no, yeah. but guys who were able to make the jump and get on an NFL roster, from what I remember. Yeah, uh, who there was a Hall of Famer back in the seventies or was 80s. It Tatum? No, I don't. Not Carrington. Uh, who was it? Uh, uh, I forget who it was right now. I, 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 I mean, Tatum did end up making the Hall of Fame. Yeah, to, but there was another football. one, like on the on the team that went to like the Citrus Bowl or whatever. Like okay. back and like right after May four, like oh, around, oh we we forgot to mention Dre Archer. That's Dre, another one too. He made the NFL for a little bit, and it was like oh, just like two cups of coffee. Um, that's how see. I would classify it. it. It was a little bit longer than that, but eh. I mean, the literally the Plain Dealer. If you remember, if yep. you ever had the paper delivered, you the Plain Dealer ran uh, a comic for him promoting him for Heisman. Yeah, I remember that. And I know that there is a radio host in town who I will not blame him for it, but I found it very uh, startling who voted for Dre Archer as a first place vote for the Heisman. <laughs> no names, please, here. Well, let's see. These, this, according to Pro Football Reference, these are Kent State players slash alumni who I guess have been in the NFL, I, I'm assuming. Uh, this, these are guys who made Dre Archer. Willie Asbury, Eugene Baker, Joe Bartby, Art Best, Robert Brandon, Cedric Brown, Josh Cribbs, Julian Edelman, mm-hmm. uh, Ab- Abram Elam, Todd Feldman. Abram Anto- Elam, really? Yeah, and, and this is technically cheating. Antonio Gates. That's cheating. Technically is, technically is. Yes. Pat Giacardo, Bob Halen, Andy Harmon, Lou Harris, James Harrison. Uh, Bob Hines, Scott Hernandez, and Tino Hills. Unless I'm missing somebody, then that's it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I feel like there is someone, but maybe you read over the name and I just didn't recognize it. I, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. Jack T- I said Jack Tatum, but he went to Ohio State. Yeah, that was the guy for the Raiders. <laughs> the guy for the Raiders who uh, knocked the ball out of the receiver's hands, and then it went right into Franco Harris's. Uh, unless you ask a Raider fan, then the ball hit the ground first. During the immaculate reception, mm, yeah. yeah, that's what happened. Oh man, oh man! Just... We can talk about speaking of football. We can talk about the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Which is the ghost? Mm, I thought it was all right. 
yeah, a lot of the Hall of Fame was able to make up for last year and get all the inductions in and a lot of great moments. I mean, obviously they were abbreviated because you only got mm-hmm. six to eight minutes. I didn't hear, I, I feel like all the speeches though went over six minutes and nobody was willing to ring yeah, the music. Especially with everything that's gone on. It's like, you're not going to take these guys moment of glory away, especially, especially that the people who had to wait a whole extra year. Yeah. Especially Peyton Manning, who had a, a speech that got a whole bunch of people being like, Oh, Peyton could be the next commissioner of the NFL. I mean, I, it was a really good speech. I am not I, against that. I don't think anybody. I mean, I, it's 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 a pipe dream. I think right now he he seems like a great ambassador for the game in the future, but who knows if he'll ever seriously take something like that, like a position. Uh, yeah, but hey, him and Eli on ESPN, right? Yeah. Did you know that? Did you notice Calvin Johnson uh, failed to thank the Detroit Lions organization for during his speech? Oh, I that is. Ooh. Thank the fans. Thank the city of Detroit. Didn't oh, thank, especially didn't thank on the his way out. Oh yep. boy, I, I remember some of that little bit of drama. Especially, yep. and, yeah, it's it's a, it's still a sticky situation over there. <laughs> but uh, he's in. He's one of the youngest Hall of Famers to ever get in, which I didn't think he would get in first try. I, I honestly, I didn't know. As good as he was, I thought he played for too short a time. And they would have recognized some other players before that. I think the Hall of Fame, though, has done a good job over the last few years of getting in, especially wide receivers who had to wait for very long. Yeah. You look at some guys like uh, Isaac Bruce, who just got in, Andre Reed, mm -hmm. Chris Carter, uh, uh, Torrey Holt, not yet, but I think he will be. They've done a good job of making sure those guys get recognized. One guy who should have been voted in a different position is a former Cleveland Brown, Ray uh, Matthews nah, Sr. As, as, yeah, nah, nah. It, it's a, it'd be a great thing for the Browns organization, for the city, for the family, obviously. He's got it's, better stats than some other Hall of Famers. Are you tell me he, you're keeping him out? I didn't say I was. I didn't say I'm keeping him out. It's, it, it's such a borderline Not you, but thing. I'm saying like the voters. <sighs> it's such a difficult thing especially when he wasn't a finalist for so many years and just kept getting passed up and passed up who knows yeah, who people didn't that. notice him enough and like i know he had better numbers than some hall of famers i know it's i feel like it could be one of the situations that you unfortunately see where veterans committee subject, or whatever it is when the subject passes away they're like all right now let's give this guy his due like what they yeah. did to ken stabler a few years ago yeah yeah, yeah right. i don't i don't i don't see it happening for at least a while but uh like, hopefully one day like they had him on that ballot for years. Know, as years. long as Art Modell doesn't get in, then that's fine with me. I, I think I could, that could go either way too. Yeah. If Art Modell gets in, there is a riot in Cleveland. There, there is. There, I won't say you're wrong, but uh, there's a lot of happy people in Baltimore that would take appreciation to that. Yeah, except when he stole a team from a whole city. I know he did. I, I he basically did. He tried. He tried his best to try and keep the team there until every uh, situation was exhausted. But but yeah, except st- Al Lerner. He still, but he still did it. Get them out of town. But he so. still did it. He still did it. He, he, and Al Lerner helped get them out. I mean, come on. He helped. Yeah, he helped get them out. Yeah, I I still think it's not as bad as Robert Ursay. Yeah. moving the Baltimore Colts out of Baltimore in the middle of the night and getting caught via a news camera. But uh, that's, it's still a, it, it's tough. It, it's tough for the people who are there 
who witnessed it to re- to truly ever forgive them if they were that invested. Yeah, like, dude, just even Hall of Fame voting, just baseball Hall of Fame is a total overhaul. You think it should be the writers? You think it should be somebody else? A combo of the writers and also some of the players. Yeah. I think also, like, I, what, what, isn't there a Hall of Fame where uh, the players also get a ballot? Uh, if there is, I, I can't think of it. I'm trying to remember. I think, I think if you're a Hall of Fame voter nowadays, you should, you need to like make some mark. You can't turn in a blank ballot or you don't get another shot. Yeah. At it. Like, no, there should be no blank ballot. When I, when I saw that happen last year, I was like dumbfounded. Like, what, what are you doing? That is a wasted opportunity that somebody gives you. And, yeah. and you shouldn't be able to get something like that again. Like, I understand the there should be taken. at least even there should be one elected one person. You can't name one freaking person out of all these people. Like that seventy five percent threshold. Like what is it? Like isn't there? Like the NFL even has a minimum for how many people get in. You should yeah. have a minimum of at least one player or the highest vote getter on any given year yeah. get in. Yeah, I don't care if it would have been Clemens. I don't care if it would have been Bonds. I don't care if it would have been Schilling, who is, I think, what one of the closest ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, based on his on-field prowess, yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. Oh, the story that we should talk about, but we haven't. What's that? It's a former shortstop for the Cleveland Indians. We can talk about that. We can talk about that. So I want to make sure I get... We can talk about it if you want to. I mean, we just... I'm asking you. I'm not, like... uh, That was something that I was forgetting about earlier, but... I'm going to say this, the Omar Vizquel for Hall of Fame crowd in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It is not happening. 100% now, no chance in hell. It's, it is not happening. Not after the domestic violence slash abuse allegations that came out about a year ago. And now a lawsuit from a former, what is it, bad boy? Uh, yes. Omar was coaching. And what made it even this- worse for me was that individual was on the autistic spectrum. And, you know, I told you when, uh, and this is going backwards a little bit, mm-hmm. when the Kalen Bennett uh, first uh, open uh, autistic player, Midi-Kent State, yeah. won basketball scholarship, we went on air that Friday. And, you know, uh, before the show, that was when you learned I, I was on the spectrum too. And what that angered me when I saw the news, though, last week about Vizquel, I'm like, are you bleeping kidding me? Like, like that guy, and I was talking to some folks too. I was at the ballpark, and based off of the conversations we had, this is probably the worst of what he's probably done in his play compared to his playing career and post playing career. I mean, Omar is not the golden angel people think he was. It, if these if the allegations, uh, yeah, and they of, are allegations right now in this suit, and yeah. But he, especially from what I heard, I'm more inclined to believe the people who are, you know, pressing the lawsuit and also the allegations of domestic abuse slash assault slash violence, whatever the term is that they're using for that. Okay. Like, Omar Vizquel is, he was, I'm trying to think of the word here, not flamboyant. He He just did a lot of things that, and I'm not going to name those things, but because of the people I talked to, but it's not like it was people close to him, but people who covered him when he was a player. Hmm. Like, and who had been around him a little bit. I mean, it 
based off of what they told me, I am honestly just, he's not that great of a human being from what I could gather. Not the best, but that from what you gather. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy how a guy like that and do not be surprised if his stuff gets stripped from uh, the stadium at some point over the coming years. You think the, you think if if like there's developments further that, that it could be that serious? Yes. Okay. I do. Okay. Yeah, this is just allegations right now. Let and a lawsuit has been served. I'm not saying Omar Vizquel is guilty. Let's get that disclaimer out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're not getting sued for libel, defamation, whatever, slander, etc. So that's the disclaimer out there. Mm-hmm. But they it's just a sad situation for a guy who fans revere so much, but dude, like I people he was gaining momentum, especially last year, and I think just before ballots had to be sent in is when the first things came out. Yeah. I mean, he's not getting in now. No chance. It might looks like it might take a serious hit because even if these remain allegations, it, public opinion can be very swayed with situations yeah. like this, especially if the details, whether they're true or not, can be well illustrated enough to yeah. to be difficult to talk about, be difficult to even think about. Yeah. And just, I don't know, like, I don't, I didn't even know some of the stuff about Omar, uh, just because hearing about him during his playing days, too, it was kind of shocking to hear how he kind of behaved. And without getting into many specifics, just with, you know, stuff he did and whatnot. So, you know, just it's a sad situation for a guy who had one of the best gloves of all time. I'm not saying he's, you know, top 10, but you know, I'm saying he's definitely, you know, one of the better fielding shortstops we've ever seen. Play the yeah. Game. Yeah. I can see that. Like MLB just, it seems like whether it be former players right now or current players just has a very bad PR problem on its hands. Well, this isn't major league baseball's problem. I don't think, is it? <sighs> I forget if he was with the major league team or minor league team affiliated. It was it was with the double A Birmingham Barons back yeah. the, during the twenty nineteen season, the team that yeah, Michael Jordan not, played for. Not a good look. Well no, with- but 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 major well, first of all, there this is an entirely different issue major league baseball is allegedly having right now because people have been calling out some of the um the the labor conditions for minor league players in relation to what is happening at the major league level. Some people, I think, will try to roll this in with that scenario where it shows how poor the, the working conditions would be. But that, but that doesn't. That it's not relevant, and it's not the the tissue is not connected, in, in my opinion, to this to this sort of case because this is one person who, if the allegations would prove to be true, uh, would be very serious uh, against somebody who otherwise has been, except for the allegations last year who has been nearly spotless in the public eye. Yeah. And I think if there's any other stories you want to bring up, we can wrap it up or we can keep going. Yeah. I gotta, we got, we got to, we got to end this on a lighter. We got to end this yeah, on a lighter. We got to end this note. on a lighter note. Yeah. There was, um, there was something. The, did you see Juju dancing on the sidelines? I got a note. I got a notification on my phone saying that he's back to TikTok dancing, but not on the, 
Midfield logos. What, what's he doing? I, I don't follow him on, on the TikTok. I, so. I don't have TikTok either. Nope. nope. No. No. All I do on there is watch this guy who um, he does these video game, sports video game plays on YouTube and then on TikTok, which is mm-hmm. how he got big, this Aaron Chiz. And then I also like just follow a bunch of random stuff. But uh, is he, what, what, what dance is he doing? Is he doing like the dance of the month? Is he just. I don't even know, buddy. Like he's just dancing again and it caught the attention of other people. Well, hold on. I, I got, I got a, if you haven't watched it, then I have to experience it because I have to describe what's going on. So let's see okay. if I can find yep. the freaking thing. Uh, Juju. Uh, I guess uh, Kawhi Leonard did resign on a four year, 176.3 max to remain with Clippers. Yeah, that's, that's yep. fair. Yeah. Let's see two. I'll turn that down. Yep. Not getting BMC aid. Right. So this is from Pittsburgh's game last night with the Eagles. Yes. Yep. Okay. So he's just basically dancing. Also, on the our field. friend Brandon Lewis has told us how much of a disaster these Eagles are right now. It's pretty they sticky. They might. They might get the first overall pick. Really? With what he's been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be surprised. <laughs> Let's just say that they don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. If you're, if you're having Nick Mullins out there for a little while. It's probably going to be um, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's probably going to be him, and then they'll just work with what they got for the rest of the year. But, so, oh, my gosh. That Philadelphia just fell off a dang cliff. Yeah, well, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Is there any other stories out there? I'm, I know I'm missing something. I am 100% missing something, and it is bugging me. I know as soon as we stop recording – I will remember exactly what it was. The Joe Schobert news. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Former Brown getting traded from the Jaguars to the Steelers. We have a, there was a station ID. I think it still exists at Black Score Radio from when I went and interviewed him that says, hey folks, this is Cleveland Browns Pro Bowl linebacker Joe Schobert and you were listening to Black Squirrel Radio. That's I do remember that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That That is still on there as far him, as I know. Him and uh, Joe Hayden now because Joe Hayden's been saying he wants to retire a Steeler, wants to finish out his uh, contract yeah. there. I was surprised Jacksonville traded him, but oh. Yeah. I mean, there's that and then there's the Jamal Adams negotiations going on. Yeah, what's been going on with those? Uh, Basically, let me pull it back up. I mean, they kind of, it seems like a lot of the differences right now is they seem to have some sort of a general framework uh, in terms of a contract right now. Like, uh, but the Seahawks have offered him like a four and 70 deal that would include a 38 million guarantee. Okay. Uh, This offer was assessed by the team's desire to keep Bobby Wagner as its highest paid defender. I'm making Adams the high, NFL's highest paid safety by more than two mil per year, but it's not moved uh, Adams to sign. This is via pro football rumors on their trade rumors app. Uh, Adams, let's see. They're apart by four million per year coming into training camp, but progress emerged last week, according to, uh, let's see, who are the two sources? Uh, uh, Adam Jude and Bob Condotta of uh, the Seattle Times. Mm-hmm. Uh the 17 and a half AAV looked to sas- looked to have satisfied Adams, but his side countered with a proposal that included 40 million guaranteed and bonus money paid out in the deals for three years, which is the team wanting to divide it over the first overall four. Uh, and the Seahawks are not willing to budge on the two issues of 
just upping the guarantees by two million total and the length of time it takes to pay out the bonus. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, Jamal Adams is going to get paid one way or another. It's just like a matter of who blinks first. And sure. If they let him go, they wasted multiple first round picks. Yeah, basically. All yeah. right. I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it for the Beacon Nerds podcast. Go check out Mitch Spinell's channel as well when you get the chance. Well, we got a whole bunch. We got a whole bunch of channels uh, lately. You got the main channel, which you just mentioned, the Weekenders podcast channel, which is just the Weekenders podcast. We put the full episodes up on here now. We'll start making them all videos um, if we, when, when we can. The clips will be going up a little more frequently. And then I just launched Mitch Games today, uh, which is a gaming channel. I last two nights I've been playing on Twitch, and I just take that footage and put it on YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, there's that. I ended up playing this game, which I'm sure we'll get to some other time. Uh, I've been playing this for oh. the last two nights. This was a, a game and a half as a child and I've been getting into it more, but I have third part, like crappy third party controllers right now on the PlayStation two. And it's hard for me to get the sensitivity right for controlling the bat. So I'm striking out a lot more than I used to. I always think the, the, the most fluent controls for this were on the Wii. And my Wii doesn't work anymore, so I'm trying yeah, to get this Yeah, mine doesn't either. It was just like one day it just crapped out. It wasn't reading one of the discs right, and yeah. then it just, poof. Yep, so I am basically got this on now. I got... I'm so sad because I had a, so much progress on the Wii, on like Wii yeah. Sports especially. Like, I was like big in baseball. Yeah. And and I was had... de- I'm pretty decent in bowling. Then when, you had, and then when you had to play Matt, you get owned every single time? Basically. Yeah, basically. I, I got like... I got pretty far, and even even like the Wii Sports Resort, I got pretty good at fencing. Sports Resort, I remember that. Yeah, I got good at the fencing stuff. Uh, that that was fun, although it got maddening at one point. <laughs> yep. So I got. I this. love playing a uh, Super Mario like baseball or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I got that game. I got a whole bunch of PS2 games of sport, like crazy sports games. Because yeah. that's the thing. A lot of sports games are very basic now. It's just the league and whatever affiliation they have with the game company. It's not like these crazy spinoff games like Power right. Pros or mm-hmm. Blitz the League or NBA yeah. Street or something like that. Those were the games. And I'm trying to get my hands on more of those and play them more. PlayStation 2 right here. Below that, the Xbox. And then PlayStation 5 right here. So I'm getting into some gameplay with that. Um, and then yeah. I'm getting stuff on Twitch as well, which is just my name. And uh, yeah. you got your stuff that you want to promote. Yeah, at Fitz on Sports BSR. Uh, also, you know, I have a Medium page. Uh, that's I think the username as like SFG18 or something like that. If you type in like for like a like whatever the URL is, but you can find me there. Some of my articles still go up there that are not game recaps. For right now, uh, Mark One Sports. You can find me there. All my game recaps I've done for them, and uh, also go follow them and CLE Tribecast when you get the chance because it also helps support me too. All right, that's about it. Thank you for listening to episode seven of the Weekenders Podcast.